Monte Morris returned for the Detroit Pistons, and guess what, everybody? They actually won. Is the change of the tide of the season coming for them now that Monte Morris is back? We're going to talk about that and his return in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And today's episode is brought to you by PriceFix, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PriceFix.com. That's locked in NBA and use code all lowercase locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Monte Morris returned for the Detroit Pistons in their win against the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to talk about his impact in this game I and mean, how the Pistons played within this game. Then I want to talk about a concerning uh, something that came up within this game, something that was heightened watching this game, a concern of mine for the Detroit Pistons. Um, and could, be, could a win streak be on the way for the Detroit Pistons? We'll talk about all that in today's episode. Also, I want to apologize. Um, me and my wife were sick. We got, you know, we got COVID. You feel me? So um, I may sound, you know, a little snuffly. I'm, I'm sorry if that's the case. Um, but just want to apologize for that before we get into anything. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Monte Morris returned for the Detroit Pistons after missing the entire season, which means you can finally – evaluate the the Pistons right well not even technically because Cade didn't come back in this game I know he was probable to play in this game but then he was downgraded to questionable I mean uh, Monty Williams said it was due um, to his conditioning they want to make sure he's all the way there conditioning wise before they bring him back so they might he's probably going to be returning tomorrow by the time you guys listen to this tonight uh, the 25th um, for the Detroit Pistons and then you'll be able to actually evaluate this basketball team because then they'll be at 100% all year and then the playoff push actually will begin. Uh, but at least Monte Morris's season started tonight for the Detroit Pistons, and he played pretty well. He only played 11 minutes in this game. He didn't play a ton of minutes. I'm sure his minutes will go up the more he plays and the more you know, the more in shape he gets playing in the NBA after missing how much time he's missed. I believe, actually, they say he hadn't played since March last year. I didn't know he didn't play at all last season at the end of the year for the Wizards, but... Um, yeah, so he's went a long time without playing. And in this game for the Pistons, um, played 11 minutes, seven points, three assists, three rebounds, no turnovers, hit a three. Um, he, he looked, he looked like, he looked like he was advertised. He, he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he was a good shooter, um, tonight in this game, same player he's been throughout his career. Uh, looks like he's going to be a calming presence. Um, and definitely when Kate Cunningham gets healthy, I think you're going to see Cade and Ivy in the starting lineup, and then you'll see Monte Morris and Alec Burks off the bench, which will help the Detroit Pistons. And in this game against the Charlotte Hornets, they won this game, and he contributed to that. Now, he only played 11 minutes, so it's not like he was like the biggest reason why they won. But he, he had a part to do with it. He, he played fine, and he did his role off the bench. Um, but I will say that I don't think, and I think all Pistons fans, almost all of them, at least I saw that were talking about this on Twitter, um, I think everyone knows that like watching this game, I don't think you come away thinking, oh, Monte Morris is back. Here comes the wins. 
Because the Pistons got lucky they won this game. The Charlotte Hornets, I, I don't know what they were doing at the end of this game, I, particularly Miles Bridges. I, I don't know what that dude was on at the end of the game, but he he was he looked like he was playing for the Pistons, like he was playing for the Ops. Like I, I don't know what he was doing. Same thing with Lamelo. Lamelo had an awful game against the Pistons. He was six of twenty-one. This is another team that the Detroit Pistons beat that are without a player that they traded. They had just traded Terry Rozier the day before. They don't have him, who is their second leading scorer. They didn't have Mark Williams, and they didn't have Gordon Hayward either. Along with LaMelo Ball playing as pa- as badly as he did, um, the Pistons were able to squeak this one out. Watching throughout the game, this was just a this was not a good game by either side. This was a, a, a bad performance by both teams all throughout the game. It was just a back-and-forth bad performance. Back and forth by this team, by both these teams. And the Pistons were down by three with two minutes left. Um, and then the, the Hornets just self-destructed. So the Pistons will take it. They don't have many wins in the year. They will take wins whenever they can get them. No, absolutely no doubt. But the Pistons won this game because Boyan Bogdanovich lost his mind. He had 34 points in this game. No one else really had a good game. Jalen Duran played high, but his defense was just... It was really bad, his defense. Um, the second leading scorer was Alec Burks, who had 15 points and four of 11 shooting, which, uh, okay. Um, but Jay and Ivy had a really bad game, only played 20, 21 minutes, got benched because of some erratic play. Stu didn't have that great of a game. Marcus Sasser didn't have that great of a game. Asar Thompson didn't have that great of a game. Like, the only reason why the Pistons won this game is because their they're 35-year-old vet led them to a victory over the lowly Hornets who were without their second leading scorer in a trade and their best player having a horrific game and missing two of their top, I'd say four or five best players, not in the lineup. But either way, the Pistons will take the win in totality. I will just caution against the idea that has been, you know, kind of thrown at Pistons fans that, Hey, Monte Morris isn't here. We haven't even been able to evaluate the team like that. You know, if he was here, things would have been better. You know, it kept going from Boyan, then it was to Burks. Then it was to uh, Monte. I, I don't think that the Pistons' fortunes are all of a sudden going to change now that Monte Morris is back. You see the flaws with this team. You see the flaws, I, I think, in this game. We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. But you see the flaws within this roster, within these lineups, and with how some players are being used. Just I, Unless some drastic things change in scheme-wise and, and ways you want to use players and the, the roster changes, I don't see Monte Morris's return making this crazy big difference, especially while he's in this minutes restriction trying to gain, uh, get his conditioning back. So uh, he looked good. I think for sure he's going to bump Killian Hayes now out of the rotation once Cade comes back. So I think that's good for everybody. Um, Monte Morris will absorb those minutes as soon as he's able to because of his conditioning. Um, and those will be good minutes. Those will be good minutes. But the Pistons bench, I mean, the Pistons bench has been good or, or been playing well like the last, I'd say like the last week, week or so, week and a half, two weeks. Um, it's their starters that just haven't been playing well. They've been getting blitzed by the other team's best players, which is I think is probably going to continue to happen. Um, so maybe the return of Cade changes some things. I, I don't know. I think we we know what this team is. Um, I don't think Monte Morris is changing it too much, but it is cool to see Monte Morris back on the floor. I know it was a question at one point in the season. Were we even going to see him in the Pistons jersey this year? Was he going to be traded? 
before he came back. But that was not the case. He got to play for his hometown team. I know that probably means a lot to him. He played well. Um, good for him. It was cool to see him out there playing. He played well when he when he played. And obviously, we like seeing guys play well. Um, hopefully, he continues to play a little bit more moving forward. Um, but I don't think that he's going to be changing the Pistons' fortunes like it's been tried to force onto the Pistons fans that he might uh, he might actually do. I don't see that happening. Um, but hey, maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see what happens. Um, let me know what you guys thought about Monte Morris's return in this game tonight. Do you guys think his return will change the fortunes of the team? Do you think all of a sudden this team will start winning a lot more games? Let me know. Comment section down below over on Twitter at Kook Hill. When we come back, watching this game, it really put out in the spotlight a concern I have. It made it it, it made it very clear. It, it was popping off the screen when I was watching this team tonight. Um, I'll tell you guys what that concern is when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, and it's my favorite sponsor, Prize Picks. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. The best thing about Prize Picks, actually, there's two really great things about Prize Picks that really jump off the page for me. The first thing is, is that there's cross sports entries. And just about every sport is on this app. You can do football and basketball. You can do football and soccer. You can do football and baseball, basketball and baseball. You can do ba- basketball and esports. It's crazy. You can do everything on this app and you can do it cross sport entries. It's amazing. Makes it a lot more fun. But I think by far the best thing about Price because if you're someone who's been involved in daily fantasy sports, you know that injuries can absolutely wreck everything for you. But with Price Picks, they offer a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For basketball and player or basketball and football games, I'm sorry, if you have a player who leaves in the first half and doesn't return in the second half due to injury, that player will be rebooted with Price Picks. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to PricePicks.com slash LockedInNBA and use code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's PricePicks.com. That's Locked in NBA and use code Locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked on Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Watching this game against the Hornets. Um, first of all, obviously it's just a, this was a really bad game. Like I said earlier, it, it, both teams played horrible and it was, it was not a fun watch. It was not a fun watch at all. Um, from a, for a basketball fan. Um, but watching this game as a Pistons fan, from a Pistons perspective, from someone who watches the team, I think most Pistons fans probably saw the same thing. It probably is concerning to to Pistons fans. It definitely is a little concerning to someone like me who has to, you know, was high on this player and covers this team and has to analyze this team. Uh, You saw Brandon Miller on the other side of the floor, and he was 8 of 17 from the floor, 5 of 10 from from deep. He had 23 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block. He played really well in this game. And I, I think all my listeners who, you know, have listened since the offseason, I was not high on Bram Miller coming into the coming into the draft. I thought he had a lower lower ceiling, and I questioned his ability to finish around the rim. Now, he has not been a good finisher around the rim. That is true. Um, and I, I don't know about how high his ceiling actually is. But he has been good this year. 
That 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 without a doubt, he has been a good rookie this year. We'll find out in a few years if his ceiling was higher than I thought it was. We'll find out in a few years if his finishing improves that allows that to happen. Um, but so far this year, yes, he has been he has been a good rookie. He's shooting forty three percent from the field, thirty eight percent from deep on five and a half attempts. He's playing really well for as a rookie. He's playing re- really really well for the for the Hornets. Um, but what jumped off the page to me, which is which is what makes this so concerning to me. You saw that the Hornets knew whether whether Brandon Miller turns into a superstar or if he's just a really good starter. Whatever he turns into, you can see that the you can see very clearly what the Hornets want from him. You can see very clearly what the Hornets plan is for him, how they want to use him, that they're putting him in positions to succeed. They want to see stuff from him. They're putting him in on-ball uh situations. You saw him create for some for other players at times. You saw him get put into pick and roll action. You saw him isolate against other bigs. You saw him hit catch and shoot threes, come off off ball screens and shoot threes. Like you see that the Hornets are prioritizing his development and they're prioritizing, maybe not prioritize. They are prioritizing his development, but they're also, they have a clear idea of how they want to use them, which is the biggest thing to me when we're talking about this subject. They very clearly know how they want to use Brandon Miller. Like, there's no question of, oh, God, we don't know if we want, how we're going to use this guy. Like, I I don't know what to do with him. Like, like they, that's not a thought process. Watching this game, you see very clearly the Hornets are not only prioritizing his development, but they know how to use him. And then you go to the other side of the floor. And you go to the Pistons' fifth overall pick. And Asar Thompson, who only played 26 minutes compared to Bram Miller's 39. Bram Miller played 39 minutes for the Hornets. Asar Thompson plays 26. Asar Thompson, or Bram Miller, shot 17 times. Asar Thompson shot four times. Bram Miller had 23 points. Asar had seven. Bram Miller had eight rebounds. Or seven rebounds. Asar Thompson had two. You can just go up and down the list. And this is not about me being lower on Asar or being concerned about Asar individually, the player. Because we have seen Asar... At times this year, at the beginning of the year more particularly, the first like 11, 12 games where he was playing really well. He was averaging like 12 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, I think it was like three assists, four assists to two steals, two blocks. Like he was, he looked as advertised and exactly how I wanted him. Maybe not exactly. I thought there was, there was still plenty of ways you could use him. But he was giving minutes. He was giving the minutes to impact the game. And he was impacting the game the first 12 games. But ever since that that first stretch of the season, I am incredibly worried that at the end of the season, at the end of the year, when I record a podcast and I say my saddest takeaways, because that podcast will be coming. It's not going to be my, my best takeaways from the season because this team's going to be the worst team in the league. They might have the worst season in NBA history. So we're not going to be having one of those at the end of the year. At the end of the year, I will be recording my saddest takeaways from the Pistons season. And I am extremely worried that my number one saddest takeaway from this team this year will be they wasted, completely wasted a year of Asar Thompson. And this, and again, it's not, go back to what I said about how the Hornets knew, you can very clearly see that they know how they want to use Brennan Miller. The way, when you watch the Pistons play and you watch Asar Thompson, it has been clear now, maybe whether Asar becomes a great player or not, 
We don't know yet. Maybe he doesn't become a great player. Maybe he just doesn't become one because he can't become, he's just not good enough. Maybe he does become one. We don't know yet. But what has become very clear, I'd say over the last two months, is that this coaching staff does not know how they want to use Asar. And maybe it's because they don't think Asar is good enough to do certain things. Maybe it truly is that he's such a unique player that they're struggling to figure out how they want to use him. Like, whatever the case is, I think it's completely fair for anyone who's watched the last two months to come away saying they clearly do not know how they want to use Asar. They don't know what is the best way to use Asar. There was a good month stretch there where Asar was barely playing. He was playing 15 minutes a game. There was a good stretch where that was happening. And even now in this game against the Hornets, he plays 26 minutes, 27 minutes. And for the large majority of those minutes, I'm sitting there thinking like they have no clue how they want to use him. He he looks so clearly when he's on the floor, half, more than half the time I'd say, like a, a square peg trying to fit into a circle hole. Like it, it, I feel like that is what I come away thinking about watching Asar every time I watch the Pistons. Maybe not every single time because he has had a good few good games over the last few weeks. But most of the time, they, I just feel like they don't know how they want to use him. And the, the, the concern with that is not only that I feel like they're going through a season. What is something you can say that Asar has developed from the beginning of the year to now? Like last year, you could say with the Jane Ivy that you saw him developing his on-ball reps. You could see that he was getting better in the in-between game. Didn't become fantastic at it, but he was better at the halfway point of the season at in in-between game than he was at the beginning of the year. You saw he was better handling on-ball reps in the uh, halfway through the year than he was at the beginning of the year. Like you saw those things develop. Jalen Duran, you saw him get better in areas by the middle of the year or things that they had tried to develop with him by the middle of the season. What is that with the SAR? What, what have you seen them try to develop with the SAR? What, what, they haven't developed a role for him. There's not like he's been getting, he's been fed like on ball reps and see, okay, let's see how he did begin the year with these on ball reps. Is he getting better at it now? That hasn't happened. He hasn't been fed on ball reps. He has, he's barely been used in the screen and roll game. So every time – this is how you know he's barely used in the screen and roll game because every time he he is using it that one time per game, we all lose it on Twitter. I I tweet about it, and I see Pistons fans lose it. Oh, my God, Sar was using – that's how you know that they barely use him in screen games because the one time they use it when it works, everyone loses their minds because it's like, oh, my God, it worked, and then they don't do it again. They're not developing a role for him. They're not developing a skill set for him. It's not like they have, I mean, maybe you could try to say, oh, they're putting him in the corner and tell him to shoot threes because they want him to develop the three-point shot. I don't buy that. But if you want to try to take that and, and force that as an argument, I mean, tr- go ahead and try. I think it, it would be a horrible one. So they're not developing anything with the SAR, I feel like. They're not developing a role, and they don't know, this coaching staff, it, it seems clear to me, they don't know how to use them. So at the end of this season, after 82 games, if your takeaway from this season was that your fifth overall pick didn't develop anything, you didn't develop anything with him. You didn't give him, you know, this freedom that you're talking about with Jalen Duren that we're seeing that we've talked about. You didn't give him any extra, you know, responsibilities throughout the year to test him with. And at no point throughout the season did it seem like you really knew how you want to use him. Not just right now. Not just right now. It seems like they don't know how to use him, period. Like, what is his role moving forward? Can someone tell me? What what role have you seen the Pistons use him in this year that makes you feel like, oh, that's how they want to use him next year and moving forward? Like, that's their plan for him moving forward. What is it? 
Because you don't, I, I don't know. I, that, like, I, maybe Asar doesn't end up being a good player because he simply isn't a good one. Maybe that ends up happening in a few years. Maybe he doesn't simply develop. I think he already is, does have a role in the NBA somewhere with his skill set. But let's just say, okay, maybe he doesn't become a good player on his own. Maybe that happens. You have. I'm sitting here right now on January 24th. My biggest concern is is that this franchise seems like they don't know how they want him to be moving forward. They don't know what role it is they want him in moving forward. And that's a scary sight. That's a scary sight because the Pistons are four or five and 39 team right now. And the, the biggest thing you need to get from this season is some kind of development now from your young guys or have an idea of which young guys you want to keep moving forward or which young guys you, you, you know, you value, what, what do you want from these young guys? How do they fit together? And I, I would argue that you're not getting answers to quite literally any of that, despite the, like, even, you're losing, you're not winning games, you're not taking a step forward, and you're not getting an, an, an answer or an idea to how any of these guys would fit together or how you want to use them moving forward, especially the guy you just wasted the fifth overall pick on. And I said wasted again. I Some people were trying to say I said wasted last episode when I talked about Marcus Sasser's pick because I, I literally meant like, oh, it was a waste of a pick. No, I'm just – when I've said that, I just mean you you use that pick on that guy. It's not me dissing anything. I said the same thing just now with the SAR. I, I wanted the SAR pick. Um, but you just – I let's say you just used that pick on this dude last year at the fifth overall slot, and I feel like you – was it four months into his rookie year – you have no clue how you want him to be. You have no clue what role you want for him. You have no clue how you want to use him moving forward. Not just this year, but next year moving. Like, there's no development happening with Asar. It's like he's just out there. He just gets thrown out there. And he he stands in the corner sometimes. Sometimes he makes a crazy defensive play. And then sometimes he'll get an alley-oop. And, and, and once a game, you'll run a screen and roll, and he'll score on it. Like, that – it doesn't seem like there's any role being de- defined for him. And it's concerning. It's extremely concerning when you look – especially in a game when you look across the – across the, the the floor and you see another guy who went two picks before him and Brandon Miller or three picks before him and Brandon Miller. And it looks so very clear what, how the Hornets are trying to use him. He's playing well in that role. It, it, it's just a stark difference when you do, when, when that happens within the same game. So let me know what you guys think. You guys have the same concerns. You guys see the same thing as me. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cuckoo Hill. When we come back, are the Detroit Pistons about to go on a little bit of a winning streak? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from one of our lovely sponsors. So I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for that real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And this is scary. I can't imagine more helpless feeling than if me or my wife, we got sick like we are right now. We just didn't have any possibility or any way of getting the medication that we needed to feel better and, and to help us get through it. But thankfully we'll be all right because of Jace medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial in- illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among others. And this stuff could happen to quite literally any of us visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter it will be reviewed by board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost it's never been more important to be prepared than today so go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get 20 dollars off your order again that's what jace medical go to jacemedical.com and use offer code 
locked on to get $20 off your order with offer code locked on. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast very quickly here, but just wanted to hit on, will the Pistons be going on a little bit of a winning streak? And when I say a little bit of a winning streak, I mean two. Just a, just a two-game winning streak because they haven't done that this year. A two-game winning streak would be just like – it would be out of this world. It, it, it would be – we might need to celebrate downtown. We Forget the Lions. Pistons fans, Detroit fans might need to run the streets of Detroit celebrating if the Pistons are able to go on a two-game winning streak just because of how rare, how unlikely it felt that they would ever win two games in a row this season. But they have a chance to do it Saturday. They just beat the Hornets, and on Saturday, they play at home against one of the only other teams they were able to beat this year, and that is the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards come to Detroit, and the Pistons just beat the Wizards. What was it? The the 15th, the 15th of January, and in that game, I believe, wasn't that? That was the day that they traded. That day happened... Uh, they played that game the day they made the trade for Gallinari and uh, um, what was it? Uh, Gallinari and Muscala. So, I mean, that's another day. You know, every single win the Pistons have has come, um, or at least since the first two and one start. Each one of each one of their wins have come after that team has made a trade and they're without players. Um, now I know Gallinari and Muscala didn't play much for the Wizards, but still they fall under under it. You got the Wizards again with the Hornets right here. They just made a trade getting rid of uh, Terry Rozier, so they didn't have him. Uh, what was the other team that the Pistons won, won again? Oh, yeah, the Raptors. That's right. The Raptors made that trade um, with OG Ananobi, and they were without all those guys and they didn't get any of those players back yet, um, and they won that game. Anyways, though, the Pistons beat the Hornets. They play the, Horn- the Wizards at home on the 27th, so they don't play again until Saturday. They get a long break. You know, they get Thursday, Friday off, two days rest, and they come in at home against the Wizards, a team that's not very good, that who knows, maybe over those next few days they make a trade because Kuzma could be getting moved anytime now. Like that could be happening. So maybe that team makes a trade. Even if they don't, Pistons just beat them. Pistons will be at home. They'll have Monte Morris, they'll have Kate Cunningham, they'll be at 100 percent health. So if there is ever a time for them to go on a winning streak, it would be Saturday. We were told all year that there's a hundred percent health team, and once they get there. It, you know, then you can really start evaluating this team. It would be a different season if everyone was healthy. Well, here's your chance. If it really would be a different season, if it really would have been such a playoff-worthy season, playing-worthy season, then go beat the Wizards full strength and get your first two-game winning streak. Go do that. Go do that. Because if you do that, I'm not going to lie to you. If you do that, nothing's going to change. But at least you'll be able to say you won two games, okay? Like, that's – at least you can do that. Nothing's going to change. I almost was going to lie to you guys and say, oh, yeah, this will happen. No. Nothing's going to change about it. But at least you can say you won two games in a row. And you can have some kind of, you know, I guess excitement that, hey, maybe if this team was healthy all year, they would have won 10 games instead of five by now. So I may, maybe that's something you can come away with if they're able to do that. So 
I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and take a guess they lose to the Wizards, though. I, I don't think they're going to beat the Wizards. But we'll see what happens. You guys think they're going to go on a little bit of a winning streak, two-game win streak, beat the Washington Wizards at home on Saturday? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Being available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Until next time, peace out.